0: And they try to comfort Fraser. Nope. They try to comfort <laughs> Ayana.
1: Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host Kathy,
0: and I'm your other host Mary.
1: And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate, beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello.
0: How's it going? It's going
1: okay. How are you?
0: I have been better, but I've been worse. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Do I sound okay? Yeah. Do I sound too stuffy and disgusting? I'm sorry, everybody. No,
1: you sound mildly, possibly stuffy,
0: but that's about it. Okay. Okay.
1: Don't worry. I'll I'll probably get some residual coughs and stew too because I'm still coughing from my cold. So.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I will definitely still be coughing and probably sniffling and trying to mute myself because friends. Everybody, I managed to get COVID a second time since our last recording, so that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that going on a cruise was high risk, obviously, but since we've been vaccinated four times and we had actually had COVID relatively recently, as in like December, we're like, you know what? This is probably the most protected we're ever going to get, so let's chance it. Let's go on this cruise that we've been wanting to go on forever. Thankfully, I didn't get sick until I was already home, but- uh, oh, this was no joke. I mean, not that COVID is a joke anyway, but I had hardly any symptoms the first time, and this second bout knocked me on my ass all week. Uh, so I got some extra time off from work. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> there was that. But I'd have actually rather gone to work because, as I've mentioned, I like my Fair. job. And also, I did so much work to get myself ahead before we went on vacation, and now I'm behind again because I had to take so much time off this week.
1: Womp womp.
0: Yep. And I don't feel as much like poop. At least I can talk now because for several days I could barely talk even. That so. sucks. Yeah. And I managed to avoid the hospital, although I actually for a, a day there was not Ooh. sure that I was going to be able to avoid that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're, uh... That's my fun story. Yeah, I'm glad you're on the upswing here. Yes, mostly. Yeah. Seem to be. Let's hope it stays yeah. that way. Yeah. How
1: are you? I'm okay. I, uh... Uh-huh. I don't know. There's not too much going on at the moment, although I have made plans for a vacation, so I'm excited about that. That is exciting.
0: Don't go on a cruise. It's not going to be a cruise. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure cruises are fine for most people. I know people who have gone on cruises and been fine, but for me, no, that wasn't the case. Jeff is fine, thankfully, that's good. good. I will be getting on an airplane, though. Yeah. I've flown a few times, and I have not had an issue with that, but I've also kept a a N95 mask on when I flew. Reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I've already made. So I
1: bought those tickets for a baseball game, and that's so exciting. I just bought a day tour to Niagara Falls. Oh.
0: <gasps> that's also exciting. I was like, oh my oh. god, it's
1: so close.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go. Go. Yeah, I wish I could go. Half
1: or something. So,
0: if I was not teaching a summer class, I would totally invite myself on your vacation. <laughs> and <that> I you- <laughs> would be totally fine with that. Yeah. Because it's over what? It's over the Fourth of July yes. holiday, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, our first summer session is starting early, and I was looking at the schedule yesterday, and that class is already completely full for me. So,
1: wah, wah. no chance of it not running, <laughs> which is good because I need the extra right. money.
0: But but no, no vacation with Kathy for me. And I don't think I don't even get a long weekend. It's going to be like work Monday, have Tuesday off for the holiday, and then work the rest. Of I the know. Week. I
1: wish they would. I know it's the holiday is the Fourth of July, but it couldn't just mm-hmm. be on Monday all the time
0: right yeah just right <laughs>
1: or or friday <laughs> either one
0: can't they just honor the day of the week that the declaration of independence was signed i don't know what day of the of week it. that was i don't either you, you know what out. i want to yeah. know now <laughs> what does the internet tell us what day of the week was i'm sure the internet could tell us seven Where's the slash key on this keyboard I'm Sorry, I like suck at this keyboard so Thursday much. <laughs> oh ah, fabulous all right, well, that doesn't help us no. out then. Maybe not a random Thursday like Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Not that, any, you know, not that. of course, Independence Day would also be just a, an American holiday. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. that's the
1: other thing I signed up to do is go to watch the movie Independence Day on July 4th in Toronto. Oh, <laughs>
0: I'm so jealous. Where are they doing I, that? I don't
1: know, some movie theater.
0: I was just like, that sounds ah. like a good relaxing thing to do. I love that movie (laughs) way back in 2012, long time ago. Some of you might not even remember that because it's like 11 years ago now, and I don't know how old you all are, but back in 2012 when there was that whole scare that the world was going to (laughs) end, Jeff and I Took the day off from work. Not because we thought the world was actually going to end, but because we wanted to just stay home and watch apocalypse movies all day. (laughs) So, of course, we watched the movie 2012, but then we watched a few other ones, and that was one of the ones that we watched that day, and it was great. It was a really fun day. That sounds like a great day, yeah. It really was. (laughs) And spoiler alert, the world did not end on December 12th of 2012. yeah. Right? So all of this is dependent on
1: me not using any more time off until july <laughs> yeah good luck because well, yeah sick. well god yeah that's
0: the thing that'll wreck me yeah it'll be fine
1: it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah.
0: everything will be yeah. fine you'll yeah, be fine yeah, 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 yeah. i was so paranoid about getting sick before my vacation i didn't really even think at all about what would happen if i got sick during oh, or after my vacation yeah. this time around i will have sick time again in july so at least that's can- good recover
1: if I need to I
0: apparently have a crazy amount of sick time which I didn't even realize like I had no idea how much sick time I get for this job but even though I've only been doing it full-time for six months I had like 10 days of it I was like holy shit and my boss actually encouraged me to take time off instead of threatening to fire me like every other boss I've ever had when I tried calling out of other jobs so I'm like I don't even understand what's happening. so lovely that's great (laughs) right yeah it was weird it was a weird experience like I don't understand you're being supportive of me taking time off I don't get it yeah 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 the work no matter what even when you're like horribly sick is a bad american aesthetic thing that we've got going on here people do you know who else is going to be working no matter what in this episode (laughs) (laughs) who's that kathy sg1 (laughs) oh yeah they all get sick too i was like oh the irony of watching this episode while i'm sitting here with (laughs) it's too real uh, it's fine. Yeah. What is this episode?
1: This is Stargate SG-1, season six, episode four, Frozen. Brought to you by the North Face.
0: <laughs> it really was. And yes, I know that wasn't the proper use of the word irony, yeah. so nobody has to correct me on that. Oh. Uh, but you know, it's the vernacular. So yeah.
1: Anywhere. All right. Let's all play yeah. Alanis Morissette and call it a day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> My and isn't it ironic? Indeed. <laughs> more yeah. Morissette Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Alright. I'll let you go because okay. uh I'm trying to mostly conserve my voice today because I also need to record a bunch of lectures from my students. Okay. And uh I don't want to lose my voice. Hey. <laughs> and I'm concerned that it might happen.
1: We are in the snow. There's a big yellow thing. Vehicle. There we go. Not just a thing. It's not like a Yeti or anything. Yeah. It's
0: like a, a not a bobcat. I think it's, a, I think they're actually called a snowcat. Oh, okay. Cool. I think. Yeah. So It made me feel like I was watching the X-Files movie and now I want to go watch the X-Files movie. It really did. The
1: music too at the beginning felt very x Filesy. Yeah. Yep. It uh, did.
0: Yeah. But they're in the Antarctic. Also, there's another tie to X-Files that comes up. Oh, later. yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're in the Antarctic, and there is a big,
0: was it made of glass, this dome? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a big dome. Yeah, it was a geodesic dome kind of thing, and it looked like it was mostly glass paneling. Yeah. There's a lady there inside, Dr. Michaels. She's talking to
1: Sam on the computer. What? I know. What kind
0: of magical technology is this? I don't know. It's crazy. (laughs) It's a Zoom call, but back in the day, this would have been like, what is happening? right what amazing magic
1: oh my god they have such fancy tech in the uh government (laughs) and they can all afford to wear multiple layers of north face yep yeah north face was
0: (laughs) as you said very prominently (laughs) represented in this it was even (laughs) i saw the logo on jonas quinn's pants too (laughs) i didn't even notice that one
1: Anyway, <laughs> that's not the point. Just obvious product yeah. placement really takes me out of things. It does. Yeah. Like when, well, I don't want to spoiler start. <laughs> like when you
0: want to drink something cheap and on the rocks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jameson. Jameson, cheap <laughs> and on the rocks. <laughs> Hello, other Picard fans. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, anyway, she's talking to Sam. She and these other scientists have been down here working for years since Jack and Sam were trapped and they found the antarctica gate which is that the one that went to russia yeah is it gone now no that one's now in the sgc that's the one that is yes yeah okay
0: Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) the original gate is exploded the one that was in antarctica that went to russia then it was being stored in the sgc but i think but still belonged to russia and then russia sold it to us Yeah. yeah yeah and they're just talking about
1: whatever findings they've had which haven't been much Apparently, the DHD that they found with the gate died pretty quickly, and that gave them clues that it might be one of the oldest Stargates and DHDs in the galaxy. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not sure if this is going to continue much more because it's been years and there hasn't been a lot of... What's the word? Discovery. Discovery. There we go. They are discussing how and when the gate might have gotten there if it is, in fact, 50 million years old. They say that the gate could have been moved there at any time. Then Sam's like, there has to be something else down there. And then two dudes come in and they were like, we found
0: something. <laughs> it was great timing. Such convenient timing. I made a note of that, too. Then <laughs> there's credits. There are credits. And when we come back from credits... SG-1 is now on the base. Jonas must be so excited that he's getting another mission. Right. And it's not in space this time. Do you think he's excited for his first time in Antarctica? Um, yes, I think he is excited. He does seem concerned, though, that the plane is just leaving them there, but that's standard, because the cold's bad for the electronics. Yeah. And we'll be back, yeah. Jack promises him. They make their way inside the base. There are introductions all around. And it was another one of those doctor, doctor, major, doctor things that I will never get old to me. So I was just giggling to myself as they went through this scene. Jack called an end to it, though, faster than I would have liked. A guy named Osborne. Welcomes them back to Antarctica, but as anyone watching would know, this is totally not a guy named Osborne. This is Byers from the X Files, making this, in fact, canonical X Files yep, yep. because this is totally the backstory for Byers. <laughs> Current story, future story? Maybe. I guess this was happening kind of concurrent and after X Files. Maybe yeah. this is where Byers went. <laughs> After the failed Lone Gunman. uh, Yes, after that, after the spinoff failed, he made his way to Antarctica.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: New life. New name. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They have a look around a bit. They're getting a bit of a tour from the people that are there, the various researchers that are there. There's three of them. There's Byers. There's Michaels, who was the doctor that Sam was talking to at the beginning. And then another guy named Woods. And he thinks that they would want to see it right away, but we don't know what it is yet. They make their way into a quarantine lab, and there's a big giant block of ice sitting on the table. And now we just learned that they also dug up some extra Jaffa the year that the gate was (laughs) unburied. (laughs) Apparently, that's just a throwaway line. I want to know more about that, but no, we don't instead this one seems to be a lady encased in that ice that michael's called ayana because it means eternal bloom in a native american language she specifies that her grandfather was one quarter cherokee which just seems like a weird way to word it to me why not just say you had a great great grandparent that was cherokee Uh, but
1: so i don't know if this is true or not but i read somewhere that they were uh making fun of christopher judge who
0: used to say something like that oh really (laughs) okay
1: if it's true, but that's what I read.
0: (laughs) For anyone that wants to do the math, which of course I did want to do the math, that makes her 6.25% Cherokee. Fraser's there too, by the way. (laughs) Fraser asks how they know it's a she. They did an ultrasound to figure it out. The form seems to be female, but it is hard for them to tell through all of the ice that they have in the way. They're guessing the age might be about 25 to 35, but again, give or take (laughs) several million years, Byers clarifies because... That's how old this ice sample that the person is encased in should have been, which Sam points out makes no sense. Jonas says, didn't humans evolve on this planet between eight and 900,000 years ago? And no, Jonas, you are wrong. Oh my god. Right? Yeah, who would have thought that their facts would be wrong? I actually looked this up because I couldn't remember all the exact dates, but it depends also on exactly what you're calling humans. But generally, it's thought that humans evolved about two to six million years ago. And the main defining characteristic is the development of bipedalism in our Ah, ancestors. There's coffee in that minor bipedal species. For what constitutes a human versus a non-human ancestor. Homo sapiens itself evolved around 300,000 years ago. So Jonas was just wrong on all counts though. He's supposed to be the smart one. Right? I know. There are some other characteristics that is what kind of makes it debatable, such as like complex language and tool use as to like what really constitutes a human or not. But all of this information came from the Smithsonian Institution, in case anyone is wondering, (laughs) because I like to cite my sources. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to go with Jonas and what he says about eight to nine hundred thousand years ago. That might actually be what they thought back when this was filmed anyway. So they're like, well, that's what we thought. But we're going to ignore the entire fossil record and go with the fact that this chick is a few million years old. Science is whatever we want it to be. Woo. Yeah. They talk about the original Earthgate being buried about 2,000 years ago. And I was like, when did that number come up? Because. Wasn't it initially that they figured it was buried like 10,000 years ago or so? Yeah. Yeah. And then they also talked in the first episode, because I actually went back and looked at the transcript because I'm not much of a nerd. Sam was talking about having to account for 50,000 years of stellar drift, but we know it wasn't buried for quite that long. So I don't know where they got the 2000 number from, but that would have been just about the end of the empire for anyone keeping track.
1: Maybe Jonas Quinn is just trolling the
0: rest of them. Right? That's entirely possible. (laughs) I like that thought. Yeah. Yep. That sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. In any case, by then, this Antarctic gate would have been long buried because it would have been frozen under the ice. Those random Jafal that they mentioned were frozen after the gate was frozen? I don't know, that's not important, but I was a little confused about that timeline. Anyway, they figure out that this chick is not a Jaffa or a Gould. She does not seem to have a hagfish from whatever testing they've done on her. They want to take a few more core samples and some tissue samples. Jack asks if somebody could just summarize it all for him. Fraser says that it's possible human beings evolved long before we thought they did. And Jack says Darwin would be crushed. And that's debatable because while some scientists have a very huge ego a lot of scientists would actually be really excited to find new data that disproves whatever hypotheses or theories they had so i don't know oh. what darwin would have thought he was very controversial at his time so he might have been relieved that he could <laughs> stop spouting his yeah thoughts i don't know yeah i have no idea but i don't think we should say what darwin would or would not have thought no <laughs> No. We don't know him that well, Jack. No, don't we put don't. thoughts in other people's heads. Or claim to know what other people would think. Yes. Yeah. Anyway.
1: <laughs> After this, Jack is a little crushed. Because he forgot to tape The Simpsons. Yes. Don't! Oh! What is it on here? I to tape The Simpsons. It's important to me.
0: That's that <laughs> scene. <laughs> Random and amusing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Elsewhere, Dr. Frazier's and doctor, Dr. Doctor Frazier's. Yes, there's two of them. Dr. Frazier's. Yeah, doc- that's
0: weird. Yeah. Transporter incident? Maybe.
1: Yeah. Elsewhere, Dr. Frazier and Dr. Michael's. So two doctors, one Frazier. <laughs> are looking at some samples under a microscope. They do not see any adipose air. Which mm-hmm. Dr. Frazier explains, is a residue that forms undead animal tissue.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Further, the cells that they are looking at are completely intact and look perfect, and they could have come from her or Jonas Quinn, who's there to be explained to so
0: that we all know what's going on. Yeah. I do just want to add that the adipose here, I actually wasn't completely sure what causes it. I looked a little bit of this up. It's actually caused by bacterial decomposition of soft tissues, so... I don't know how much of it would have been present if her body was frozen the entire time that she was dead. But she should not look brand new, though, is the point. Yeah,
1: yeah, because Dr. Fraser also says that freezing live cells deteriorates and destroys the cell eventually, too. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. She was completely right about that one. So they're
1: a little bit like, oh, my God, what is this? This is crazy. That was that scene, too. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, what are you drinking it's just Pellegrino fair I love I'm only drinking coffee yeah I like Pellegrino yeah I had my coffee and it's too early for anything else
0: yeah I have not had anything any alcoholic beverages since the cruise for multiple reasons <laughs> one being I drank way too much on the cruise two being I've felt very sick and have not wanted to put anything <laughs> even remotely close to alcohol in my face I've had no desire fair. for that.
1: Very, very fair. And
0: for several days, didn't even want to be drinking anything fizzy like seltzer, let alone yeah. beer or whatever. <laughs> also, I suppose I should try to be healthier. Mm. I might try to run another marathon. This might derail that, though, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh, I hope not. I'm going to ask my doctor if it will kill me. Okay. Are you running it soon? No. Okay. I was. I had started training before I got sick. Oh. I had started training for it like three weeks ago. Okay and was thinking of doing one in July. Oh, yeah. But after now getting COVID twice, I might ask my doctor for an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they start the process of trying to slowly thaw out this person. They want to try to keep as much of the tissues and everything intact as possible. So they don't want to destroy anything in the thawing process. But they want to be able to get a better look at her and study her more thoroughly. So. They are making comments about her clothes. They've got her right hand and her right arm exposed, and they're just basically doing a audible play by play that I will not bother to repeat the whole thing for all of you.
1: I enjoyed though their montage of dripping water. <laughs>
0: I didn't even notice in that in various <laughs> in various
1: ways. Sometimes out of tubes, sometimes just dripping on the ground or wherever. <laughs> O'Neal laying around looking bored, things like that. It was fun. <laughs> Somehow I missed that. That is pretty great.
0: They, of course, keep commenting on how well-preserved she looks. Even if she was this well-preserved, her clothes also are look immaculately preserved. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Iana's eyes are open and... Fraser shines a penlight into one, presumably just to take a better look at them, but then she's shocked, and I would have probably screamed and run out of the room if this was me, <laughs> because there's a pupillary response, which means that there's brain activity, at least on some level. Yeesh. Fraser's like, holy crap. <laughs> there's a cortical response. She calls Sam in for some extra help. They hook up an EEG an electroencephalogram and there's brainwave activity that is basically the equivalent of somebody who's sleeping so at that point they kind of switch into rescue mode and they're trying to thaw her out faster while trying to not kill her in the process they're cranking up the heat and essentially treating her like she's a hypothermia patient they get her out of the ice Her body temperature is still really low at around 73 degrees but they do talk about i think i mentioned in the past that the first aid when it comes to hypothermia is you're not dead until you're warm and dead they (laughs) quote that and that is generally the thought so they're gonna try to get her warmed up even more they intubate her they have paddles at the ready they talk about how her blood ph is too low at 6.9 but her Blood oxygen level is somehow okay. (laughs) I don't understand how it's okay, but it is. Her heart's beating at 10 beats per minute. They've got her hooked up to all kinds of monitors. And then they say she's in V-fib. And then they actually show on the monitor, like, a proper V-fib. And so they shock her. (laughs) And I was like, wow, good job, guys. They didn't actually get to shock her, though. Oh, Actually, no, you're right. They said to charge it to 200. They didn't shock her here. They do later. But... Just as they are about to shock her, she goes into bradycardia, which means a slow heart rate. So she's at 30 beats per minute. Her blood pressure is crazy low, but she's conscious suddenly. (laughs) So, yeah, you don't want to shock someone generally when they're conscious. There are some rare exceptions to every rule, of course, but generally you don't shock someone when they're conscious. Uh, A dare? (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say no on that one because it could kill you. (laughs) That's the fun part. Yeah, I know. I know. Next, we're seeing things from Ayana's perspective. Fraser is talking about how she's breathing on her own. Apparently, this chick has no gag reflex because they have not removed the intubation tube yet. I guess that the gag reflex didn't evolve until somewhere a bit later down the line. They do eventually get the intubation tube out which they should have done immediately when they realized she was waking up. You don't just take the bag off. You take the whole thing out, but whatever. More sciencing happening, more medications being thrown about. They try to comfort Ayana, (laughs) who's freaking out, understandably. And they've given her some Valium, so she does calm down and get a little sleepy.
1: That sounds nice.
0: Yeah, right? I like to be calm and sleep. That would be great. Right? Especially because I've been sleeping like crap, not surprisingly yeah, lately. but I bet. Yeah.
1: At some point a little later, don't know when. Time. They're still talking about what happened. Yeah, what
0: is time? Time is. wobbly. Yeah. Timey whiny. Time is meaningless.
1: <laughs> Dr. Frazier and SG1 are all having a chat telling O'Neill
0: that Ayana revived herself. But wish I could do that. Yeah, right? I mean, I guess technically we all can to a certain extent. Yeah. But faster, y- I wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done being sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and frozen in ice. I mean, maybe you need a Tok'ra. Um, yeah. Or a, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dr. Fraser confirms for Jack that there is no gold. So they don't know exactly what they're dealing with, as they say. Sam explains, we thought all human life was created on Earth and then transported to other places in the galaxy by the gold. But these people look exactly like us and they're so much older. (laughs) This all seemed weird. I'm like, but what about the Jaffa and the Tolan? I guess they said the Jaffa originated from Earth, too. Yeah, supposedly. And we don't know if the Tolan are human or not. Like,
0: whatever. A long time ago, Teal talked about the Tauri being the mythical planet where all the Jaffa had come from. And then they figure out that the Tauri are Earth. Yeah.
1: They decide they need to go back to where they found her outside and take more core samples so they can confirm their millions of years old ice. So Byers and the other male doc scientists that's there decide to go do that. And then they notice that Ayana is awake again and
0: Jonas is going to go have a chat with her. Jonas really kind of just has completely taken over the Daniel Jackson yeah, yeah. <laughs> character role, which was just especially obvious in this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He goes in and tries talking to Ayana. Michaels is with him. They introduce themselves to her and try to get her to tell them their name using basic signals saying their first names and pointing to themselves and then... Pointing to her, she manages to say Jonas's name, but does not tell them her own name. She can't speak very well, so it's clearly quite an effort for her to say any words at all. Michael says she probably doesn't understand us, and Jonas is kind of like, well, yeah, obviously. It <laughs> would be surprising if she did. And I was thinking, you know, if only Daniel was here with the 80 or so languages that he <laughs> knows, maybe he'd have been more helpful here. Maybe. But they don't have a whole lot of luck communicating with her But they are pretty amazed to figure out that she can even talk at all. And then when Jonas and Michaels are talking about how that's amazing, Ayana copies them and says, amazing. Um, Amazing.
1: Did we want to mention that she had had a bandaged wound?
0: Oh, right. Did I miss that? I did miss that. Yeah. Apparently, I completely missed the point where they checked an injury that she had because they realized that she actually was bleeding when they revived her before and that injury is completely healed no wound left behind that is very surprising yeah yeah amazing even. amazing
1: <laughs> um, Amazing. elsewhere sam and jack are communicating with the guys who are out looking for ice because the weather system is going to blow in more quickly than they thought. So they probably should get out of there pretty soon. Or at least back into the base, these guys. <laughs> so Jack warns them that they said they'll still be back in a couple of hours. Jonas comes in to say, we didn't learn anything. Not even her name. Dr. Fraser says they don't know what the effects of being frozen for that long are. So maybe... Uh, She's damaged beyond repair. <laughs> then Dr. Michaels Quite tells possible. her that her wound is gone. So she's obviously able to heal herself in some way. She looks like maybe she's deliberately hiding something. And just it's like, what would she have to hide? <laughs> or what reason would she have to hide?
0: I feel like I feel like we might have seen that plot point somewhere before where a long dormant being woke up. <laughs> And was hiding something, but I, I can't put my finger on it. You think that my father
1: made me wrong? You hate me! <laughs> hmm. Yeah. But there's lots of reasons to hide things from a bunch of randos you don't know who stuck tubes down right? your throat after they defrosted you. So yeah, Sam says the reason could be fear, which is one of many reasons, I think.
0: Yeah. They also don't mention at all the fact that it's pretty common to not be able to speak after you've been intubated. So, ah, okay. Like the most obvious reason why she might be having trouble speaking would be that. Scratchy throat
1: problems? It's, well, it can damage the vocal cords ah. and it usually
0: will go away over time, but it can damage them or cause like spasming, which makes it really hard for someone to talk for a little while after they've been intubated. Ah, fair. Yeah. Later, Jonas is back in the quarantine lab. He's brought Ayana some food. She looks kind of disgusted at it. He eats a little bit of it to show her that it's food. She tries it, looks grossed out, and then apparently decides she's super hungry and starts eating it very fast.
1: With her fingers. While she's
0: eating, Jonas tries to show her a notebook that he's got with some drawings of the Stargate. He wants to know if she knows anything about the gate. All she says is amazing. So Jonas decides they need to try something else. It is pretty
1: amazing, the Stargate right it is (laughs) Um, amazing at this point i was thinking of her sort of like the people on the planet where they don't know how their technology works but they can use it what was that planet that was the one yeah
0: uh i don't remember the name of that planet but that yeah that episode is just a few episodes ago and they had the the dead man switch on the yes. thing. And the, yeah.
1: So I was starting to think maybe she's like that. She can do all these amazing things and she knows what a Stargate is and that it's amazing. But she yeah. probably, may- maybe she won't be able to help them.
0: <laughs> right. Well, when she shows that she can do some amazing things later, they ask if she knows how she can. And she what? says no. I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Sam joins Dr. Fraser at a computer where she is looking at brainwave patterns from Cassandra and from... O'Neill, but at specific times, like when Jack's brain was being taken over by the ancient database and when Cassandra was being experimented on by Nearty. Surprise,
0: surprise! Ayana's brainwaves are the same! (laughs) Oh my god! Convenient. And no. (laughs)
1: Dr. Fraser says, maybe it's more than coincidence that all of these green waves are the same and that this is another example of an advanced stage in the potential human evolutionary process It annoyed me so much that
0: Carter said leading to what here? That is not how evolution works, Sam. Evolution doesn't lead to something specific. It just goes and happens. Even I was thinking that. (laughs) I was so annoyed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Random changes over time that may or may not be passed on to the next generation. That's how evolution works. If it's beneficial, then the people that inherit it will have a higher likelihood of survival. Yeah. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes there is no benefit and it gets passed on anyway, but yeah. Yeah, it's not leading to anything.
1: <sighs> yeah. Dr. Fraser comes up with an example being Antarctic cod that have some sort of antifreeze type function in their bodies that keep them alive in super cold water. And then I looked up Antarctic cod cuz I'm nosy, oh, and they're actually nice. called they're actually Antarctic toothfish. Oh. No. And related, there's a Patagonian toothfish. And do you know that Chilean sea bass is not actually sea bass? It's Patagonian I toothfish. did
0: not know any of these things. <laughs> no, Can't say I did. And the only reason I'm bringing
1: that up is because I always
0: think about Chilean sea bass and Jurassic Park. So, <laughs> yeah. So it took me about uh, maybe like 15 years to realize that he wasn't saying Chile and sea bass. <laughs> Prepared a delightful
1: menu for us, chili and sea bass, I believe.
0: And I always wondered when they put the plates down in front of them, why there was no chili on them. Also, I've always noticed that they don't eat any of the food before they then just leave. No, so they why don't. even bother?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that was right after they watched the raptors eat, so I think they were all It was. And Ill. then they're talking
0: <laughs> Yeah, then they're talking and debating and then they're yeah. you know, the special guests are here. Yeah. Yeah. And they gotta go <laughs> greet the kids.
1: But yeah, so sometimes they call Antarctic toothfish also Antarctic cod. It could be either because Interesting. apparently whoever it was decided to start referring to at least the toothfish as Chilean sea bass as a way of getting more people to eat it. To eat
0: it? Yeah, and no one's going to want to eat a toothfish, but yeah, especially in a the sea bass like sounds more people America. Yeah, like yeah. they were not used to this. So, right. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I can't think of any other instances, but I know that there are actually many others where they kind of renamed a fish just to make it sound more appealing for eating. <laughs> That's
1: fine. Give me all the yeah. fish. I will eat them
0: all. I like most fish. Yeah.
1: She brings this up, not because she wants to talk about Jurassic Park. Yes. But <laughs> I always want to
0: talk about Jurassic too. Park. too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but she brings it up to be like, evolution can do crazy ass shit. And, you know, we even know that humans can become more
0: powerful look at what happened to Daniel right and they don't even mention the they don't even mention the wood frog at all which freezes almost solid under the leaf litter every winter oh. and it's way more widespread than this fish that they're talking interesting. about. interesting and the reason I know that is because that's what my thesis was on. nice <laughs>
1: <laughs> then Dr. Fraser says we think this woman might predate human evolution on earth by 50 million years but then Sam says that would put her behind us on the evolutionary timeline not way ahead and I was confused about this conversation.
0: I don't know what she meant by that. She just means that she would have evolved before modern day humans and so technically her species would be older. Okay. It's weird because when it comes to evolution, you don't generally talk about being something more advanced or less advanced yeah. because that doesn't really everything is equally evolved because we've all had the same amount of time to evolve technically. Yeah. So, you know, we've we maintain different traits, but things aren't more or less evolved. Or like more advanced is kind of a misnomer. But that's kind of I think what she's leaning at is that they're thinking of her as being like a future of what humans would evolve into. But if she's from 50 million years ago, that means that she evolved before us and is not a more advanced form of human, but is an earlier form of human. Okay. Is kind of what she was getting at, I think. Okay. Okay. Meaning that we're the more advanced human. But again, that's just kind of a misnomer. Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: And then she's like, well, unless this isn't the first time our evolution has happened. And that's big. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yes. Fraser's like, this is just a theory and we don't have any evidence. But Sam's like, oh, she could be part of the race that invented the gate. A living ancient, she says. And Fraser's like, and we look just like her. And maybe that means that their human evolution wasn't some biological accident. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sure. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But while they're having this discussion on the monitor we see that Dr. Michaels collapses and Jonas is yelling at them
0: to get their attention because that's not good. Nope. Somewhere else in the infirmary they are seeing to Michaels Talking about how she's fainted. She has a high fever. I hear you, Michaels. I hear you. My fever <laughs> oh, was almost 104 on Tuesday. Oh, my Tuesday. God. Yeah. It was bad. Ooh. Yeah. Again, more just back and forth science first aid talk. They're talking about how Ayana might be ho- carrying a contagion of some sort. Tilk asks why she's not ill. But Fraser points out that there are lots of diseases where somebody can carry it and pass it on to others without actually being sick themselves. And... Jonas is still in the room, definitely not wearing enough PPE, and Jack's like, should he be in there? But Fraser says he wants to be, and you know, probably he's already been exposed, so it's fine. It's fine. Also, probably we all have whatever this is by now, so... <laughs> Sucks to be us. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Sam says that they are scheduled for their pickup by the C-130 tomorrow, but they're going to have to call that off, despite the fact that there's also a big storm that's supposed to be coming in. And they're all now officially quarantined on Fraser's orders. Yay! Woo! Jack goes to
1: radio the guys who are still out in a raging storm, but he's not getting anything. Doctor Fraser's is still tending to Doctor Michaels. Doctor Fraser's. <laughs> what? Doctor Fraser again? I meant Doctor yeah. <laughs> Fraser is. But you said Fraser's is. Oh. <laughs>
0: Oops. That might just be her name from now on. Dr. Frazier's. just in, in my head there's Dr. Fraser and then there's her transporter Double Tom Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also female, but just happens to be named Tom. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: As your doubles often are. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. exactly. Dr. Fraser's is reporting to Sam <laughs> that Michael's fever is really high it's not coming down she's not responding to antibiotics and whatever this is it's moving fast Sam says that Woods and Osborne aren't responding and still aren't back Dr. Fraser's like well maybe they're having the same uh, symptoms as Michael's and they're weak and disoriented and passed out which sounds like they're probably dead and they should just write them off
0: (laughs) (laughs) because I'm a monster yeah why even bother trying (laughs)
1: The last thing Sam asks is do you think this definitely came from Ayana and Dr. Fraser's like well Michael's was first and she was the one working with the tissue sample so
0: pfft, obviously Byers finally makes his way back and stumbles in to the base and asks for help he's got the core samples so that's the most important thing <laughs> Woods is gone <laughs> Byers Osborne Byers says that they got separated, but he had hoped that Woods would have made it back by now, but he hasn't. So they're going to go and take the Tatan out and look for him. Meanwhile, Fraser is tending to Byers, and he's got the same high temperature and is not doing so great. So they're going to take him back to the barracks and try to tend to his needs. Sam goes with her, and they do some medicating on Osborne Byers. Yeah, Jack and Tealock are gonna go find
1: Woods, the other guy. They head off on a skidoo, mm-hmm. which blue skidoo we can do. Ah, I was gonna go with my uncle Billy. Apparently, yeah. when he was young, thought the song "You Send Me" was "On a Skidoo" instead of "On a Skidoo." According to my mom. That's pretty funny. So, that's what I think about anytime I see a skidoo or hear that song is my Uncle Billy Excellent. singing on yeah. a skidoo. <laughs> I just think of Blue's Clues. I watched way too much of that for how old I was when it came out. <laughs> Jonas Quinn is with Ayana, telling her all kinds of things that he doesn't expect her to understand. That Woods is lost and Yulantio went to go see him. People are sick. And uh, Dr. Fraser thinks that she might be carrying a disease that has infected them. He's like, oh, but you've got no idea what I'm talking about. But apparently she understands everything that Jonas Quinn is saying. Magical. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, Amazing.
1: He calls her a quicker study than he is. (laughs) Which I thought that was funny. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) So he's like, do you know anything about anything? About this disease. Can you help? But she says she doesn't remember anything. He asks if she knows how to heal herself. And she also does not know that.
0: Back in the research laboratory. Frazier is boosting the antibiotic. And hoping that this is a bacterial thing. Even though she says she sees no signs of it. And mentions that if it's a virus. There's not a whole lot that she can do. Thankfully there's more nowadays. That we can do. But back in the early 2000s or whatever. Actually like our ability to fight viruses is. Shockingly recent. Uh, and even now, there's still not a whole ton we can do. What? I know, right? Anyway, the ice core samples that Osborne brought back uh, do confirm that Ayana is from the same uh, layer as the Stargate. So she is at least three million years old. She looks good for her age. Right? Yeah. But she might possibly be older somehow for reasons. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> That's that scene. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jack and Tealc are outside looking, talking to Sam on the radio, and they're not really having a whole lot of luck. They're, in fact, having trouble keeping track of where the base is, even because of the cold and the storm, possibly affecting their electronics on their satellite navigation. They can barely see anything because it's so stormy, but they're going to keep looking around. And then Teal'c just repeatedly calls Dr. Woods, which in the transcript just kind of looks like he's rooting for Dr. Woods. <laughs> Dr. Woods. Dr. <laughs> but in the actual episode, it was Teal'c calling to Dr. Woods as they gradually zoom out and show how they're just kind of in the middle of nowhere and there's no sign of Dr. Woods anywhere and you can barely see anything.
1: Dr. Fraser gestures for Jonas to go see her. So he does. Jonas says that Ayanna understands everything he's saying. And she knows she's responsible somehow for this. She's not saying that, but Jonas is just getting this impression. Is there anything that could help them, though? Dr. Frazier is wondering. But Jonas is like, mm, not anything yet, but maybe her memory will come back and that It's logical the mind takes longer to heal than the body. I don't know if that's true. Is that logical? I don't know. (laughs) Dr. Fraser's like, yeah, but we don't have a lot of time, man. So, you
0: know, maybe go work on that. Back outside, they find Woods, unconscious in a snowdrift. So they bring him back, and more emergency medicine happens. Again. (laughs) Yep. This entire episode was really, I think, a good 50 to 75% just them doing emergency medical care and spouting out science terms and treatment terms. So they're, of course, now treating Woods for hypothermia. It looks like he's got some frostbite when they take his shoes off. Things are bad. He's very sick. He goes into VFib. Again, they do correctly show VFib, but this time he is not able to bring himself out of it the way that Ayana could, so they do have to shock him. Then Ayana comes up and magically heals him. Yeah. She puts her hands over his stomach. There's glowing, and Ayana looks like she's focusing and concentrating very hard. Meanwhile, Woods seems to be reviving, and his frostbite disappears. Yeah, his ugly feet get less ugly. Yeah, his gross feet get. Less gross, but, but they're still ugly because feet are gross. Feet are pretty gross, I agree. <laughs> Sorry. Fraser says, yeah, it's fine because it's true. Yeah. Fraser says Wood's vital signs are back to normal. And then Ayanna faints. They put her on a bed. Jonas goes to see
1: her, I guess, at some point a little later. Again, time, don't know what that is on this episode. But no. she's awake again, and he asks if she's doing okay, and she nods. He asks if she knows what she did, which she does. However, she has no idea how she did it. Jonas asks her if she can do it again because there's still a lot of sick people here. Ayana kind of nods that she can do more. So she does go do more. Yeah, she heals Michaels and
0: Byers the same way. A little bit later, they're talking about how well that seemed to work for them. Ayana's resting right now because that took a lot out of her. Jack's like, great. So if the rest of us get sick, she can just zap us all to health and everything. Health, I said, not hell. <laughs> it, <laughs> was, it might have sounded different because I was speaking quickly. but It'd be a very different episode. <laughs> it would, yeah. Fraser though, is skeptical because it takes so much out of her that she's not convinced that if the rest of them got sick, she'd be able to heal everybody. Meanwhile, Fraser is looking at a sample of Ayana's blood, and things are not looking so good. Her white blood cell count is low, so that's a problem. And just more evidence that she's putting herself at risk whenever she heals them. They decide that as a preventive measure, Teal'c should put himself in a state of kilnoreem so that his immune system will make him less vulnerable, and hopefully his hagfish can take care of any issues that he might have, so that'll be one less person that she'll need to heal. Michaels is going to run tests on herself and the other two that have already healed to see if she can find some antibodies that might be helpful to SG-1 and Fraser If they get sick, Frasier says everybody who hasn't been sick yet is going to go get some rest and try to keep healthy as best they can, and that is an order. Woo. Yeah.
1: Woods, fully healed, has volunteered to keep an eye on Ayana, so he's sitting there. While she's sleeping, but she wakes up and he tells her, thank you. You saved my life. And then he's like, I feel a little guilty being okay while Colonel O'Neill and the rest of them keep getting sicker. Which <laughs> I sort of was like, are you trying to manipulate her right here? Or are you just trying to be genuine?
0: Because I, I thought they were just trying to advance the plot without actually showing us the team getting sick one at a time. Fair. Yeah.
1: She has more magical powers. She just touches his face and he goes to sleep. And she gets up and leaves. Heads on over to the bunk beds where Sam and Dr. Frazier are. Dr. Frazier's. (laughs) And she goes to heal them. And Byers is talking to Michaels about the storm passing. He's gonna go check on Woods. And he goes by Tealc. Who did bring his candles with him while he's killnareming. Yeah.
0: Fewer candles. Way fewer. Yeah, candles, yeah. Just a couple. Well, you know. Not it's... not the hundreds he normally yeah, has yeah. To have his friends help him light. Sometimes you gotta pack light, but yeah. you still
1: need some candles. Exactly. <laughs> he goes to see Woods, who is very unconscious and reports
0: that Ayana is missing to Frazier and Sam, who are feeling much better, seemingly. Yeah, they had showed them before looking pretty sweaty and unconscious in the bunk. And now they're up and about. And now they're awake and seem fine. Yeah. They are all looking around for Ayana, And of course, they find her in with Jonas and Jack, unconscious on the floor. Jonas is actually awake and tending to her. Meanwhile, though, Jack is still very sick. So apparently she got to all but one of them. Sucks to be Jack. <laughs> Apparently, it is now some time later, and there's a whole biohazard team there. They carry out Jack and Ayana in these little, completely encased bio beds. It reminded me a little bit of ET.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's what <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: welcome. Fraser talks to Jack and tells him he's going to be fine as they carry everybody out, and they're taking them back to the SGC. Then we just get a brief scene with Sam telling Teal'c that they all need to put a biohazard suit on, even Teal'c. Though he wasn't sick, just to make sure that they don't accidentally spread the virus to anybody else in the SGC. Wow. Teal, precautions. Tilk, not, <laughs> not being an asshole, does not make a big deal about it, nor does he wear his suit under his nose and let his nose dangle out of his suit. <laughs> because Tilk does the right thing here and is like, all right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll protect other people. Yeah. Next, we zipped on back to the SGC. Which I don't remember anything about how long it takes to get there from your discussion about it a long time ago, but uh,
0: oh yeah, I don't remember. I think generally probably a day and a yeah. half. So I think, yeah. well, possibly less or more depending on what method you're using. Yeah, can they ring themselves over? Do they have the oh, cargo? I don't the know. Cargo, that would uh, ship. That handy? would be cool. Right. Do you have
1: to have do you have to have bottom rings like on the planet to ring over? Can you just
0: ring like a transporter ring? Sometimes it seems you do, and sometimes <laughs> it seems you don't. So I think it just depends on what the plot requires Fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're uh, keeping an eye on Jack. It's Dr. Fraser is tending to him. Hammond asks how she's doing. Sam just says they're doing everything they can. Hammond says that they've contacted the Tok'ra to see if they can help and they're going to send somebody, but they're not sure if they can actually help. Sam is like, really? We need Ayana. She saved the rest of us, but unfortunately she has not been able to stop this virus in her own body. She has weakened herself to the point where it doesn't seem like she's going to be able to save herself, let alone anyone else. When Hammond asks what the odds are she'll survive, Frasier
0: just shakes her head. So that's not good. Nope. For either her or Jack. Nope. Later, I guess. Yeah. yeah must be later. Elsewhere. I don't know. It's, uh, every scene just says that it's taking place in quarantine. So it does make it a little <laughs> difficult to figure out what is happening <laughs> and when. Yeah. Jonas is talking to Ariana. She's very sick. He's happy to see that she's awake and is talking about how great it's going to be when she gets better because he wants her to live. And she says, sorry, because she still can't talk very well. And that is all she manages to muster before she then dies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they come in and try to revive her, but they don't. So she immediately passes out after she says that. They have no luck. So in the next scene, they are in the briefing room talking about how Ayana just died. But they do have a Tok'ra here with them now. And the hand device did not work, apparently they tried the hand device, but there is a symbiote in dire need of a host. And everyone, of course, is like, yeah, Jack is not gonna play with that, so no. But to add to the direness of the situation, the Tok'ra symbiote probably has some really crucial information that needs to be shared, that it was not able to share before the host died. They really need to know what this hagfish knows, so they really need a host. Thorin, the Tok'ra, says that he knows this Tok'ra very well and knows that this Tok'ra hagfish would not want to be in an unwilling host and would for sure sacrifice itself if Jack doesn't want to let it stay and if they can't find another host in a suitable amount of time. There's debate over whether or not they should just go for it, but Sam's like, what if consent, though? (laughs) Eventually, thankfully, Sam wins out with the argument of maybe consent. (laughs) So they let her go in and try to get some consent. They do. They wake Jack up conveniently. (laughs) Yeah, with epinephrine, though. So it's not like they just managed to wake him up. They have to basically force him back awake. Yeah.
1: Sam asks Jack what he thinks about having a Tok'ra. Jack is like, yeah, no, over my dead body. Literally in this case, you keep
0: going the way they're progressing.
1: Yeah. She continues to try to convince him, lets him know what's going on with the symbiote, and that this is only a temporary measure so that you can heal and the symbiote will get the hell out of him. So he relents because he doesn't want to die, die. He just says over my dead body, but he lacks conviction. (laughs) So the Tokura take him away to become a a host. And that's
0: the end of the episode. It is. I thought it was a very abrupt end. I was like, oh, (laughs) it's over? They do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if it takes a lot of coordination to get Six people carrying a human in a box, pallbearer style, through the gate without like accidentally dropping him or splitting anyone in <laughs> half or mixing people. I don't, I don't know. Apparently, I guess not. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I guess
1: everything's fine. There's no two Vicks happening here. End of episode.
0: End of episode. Kathy, did you like the episode?
1: Despite the long, when we're talking about it, and it's so much like dialogue, despite that and talking about it, I actually really did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty interesting, and despite, I don't know, like, sort of hand-wavy stuff about evolution and whatnot, (laughs) but... I thought it was interesting that they have this live person that they dug out of the ice and that she has magic powers and she's able to heal everyone but Jack. And that's kind of exciting. And then we come up with this completely like sideways solution that I wasn't expecting, even though I've seen this before. I forgot about that. I did too. Yeah. And I liked Jonas's uh, attempts to be Daniel. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it wasn't like the greatest episode but it was, i thought it was really interesting and i I maybe they'll get more out of ayana now that she's dead because now they can like autopsy her and stuff instead of having to like get her consent to do things. not a bad point you know, yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think if there was anything else i wanted to talk about but everything rushes out of my head the second i start to think of it well, that's fair
0: because yeah that's
1: I'm glad they've kept working on this Antarctic gate instead of just digging it out and calling it a day. That's fun. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Keep coming back. Yeah. How about
1: you? Oh, I know I want to talk about things. Yeah. Actually, I'll hear about what you... Oh. So, actually, maybe I'll wait until we talk about the next episode. Go ahead.
0: Oh. how Did, <laughs> okay. did you like it? <laughs> uh, Yeah, it was fine. I think I probably would have liked it more if I hadn't just been so sick myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, uh, It was like... <laughs> in my head moss screaming it's too real <laughs> oh. <laughs> for pretty much the whole episode because I was really sick not when I was watching it but I was really sick on Tuesday and was really concerned but I mean yeah overall it was a pretty enjoyable episode like you said not the greatest not the worst for sure it was interesting and entertaining and I tried not to think too much about the evolution aspects that you were talking about yeah so yeah Yeah. i don't have a ton to say about this other than the things i have already said so far what's next night walkers season six episode five when a scientist working on stem cell research disappears carter Tilk, and quinn investigate and discover that the scientist's town is infested with Who can only control the townspeople by night? Will Carter, Tilk, and Quinn be taken over next? I guess Jack is still down for the count.
1: Yeah, and that's actually what I want to talk about. Yeah. So season six is about the time that Richard Dean Anderson begins to pull away from the show. Ah. Uh spoiler, I guess, for the next few seasons. Yeah. Uh he had a daughter in nineteen ninety eight, and at this point in time he started to want to spend much more time with his Child than doing work, which good job. (laughs) That's respectable. Yeah. Um. One other thing I read too is that he around the start of season six he had knee surgery, so I don't know if that contributes to him not being around for the next episode, and that's why
0: he's a Tokra. But I was wondering if the limping that he was doing was because of the knee injury that he supposedly sustained or if they wrote that in yeah because he actually had an injury and i was suspecting that they wrote it in because he was actually injured yeah but i never bothered to look it up like when daniel had appendicitis and michael yeah. shanks actually had
1: appendicitis right yeah yeah so Interesting. yeah so i don't know exactly what contributed to the next one but it might have been the knee surgery but it might have been he spending more time with his family
0: but anyway Do you want me to uh, read us an IMDb plot? If you would like to. I'm open to it. a whole bunch of them again. None of them look all that interesting. But we'll we'll go with the first random one. (laughs) After Sam receives an emergency call from geneticist Dr. Richard Fleming, the SGC learns that he has been working for Immunotech, a company owned by Adrian Conrad, who implanted himself with a gold symbiote and I was like, why does that name sound familiar? Right, it was the sick rich guy yeah. that kidnapped Sam a while back. Interesting. He implanted himself with a gold symbiote, which we already knew that, in order to cure himself. Fleming has now gone missing though, and General Hammond orders Sam, Jonas, and Tilke to investigate. They head to Oregon, where Fleming lived and worked, and learn from the local sheriff that Fleming isn't the first immunotech worker to disappear. Ooh. The locals are acting strangely and seem to suffer from memory lapses. Wow, that's
1: very detailed.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, is that too spoilery? I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Might have to leave that out. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else do we ask? Ooh. Uh, not that I'm aware of. I should probably go rest my voice before I do some lecturing thank you everyone for listening today we appreciate
1: you all and would appreciate if you would like and subscribe to our podcast leaving us reviews is also a great idea if you would like to get in touch with us you can do so at stargazing at gmail.com or through our website, which is stargazing.space. You can also find us on Instagram at stargazing. And we are on mastodon.world as ah. stargazing.
0: I did check this time. Excellent. <laughs> if, it's not mastodon.world, it's mastodon.world? It's dot mastodon.world. Okay, good to know. Yes. I didn't know for sure. <laughs> if you are
1: feeling generous and would like to help support us in our efforts, you can visit us at Patreon. Patreon. patreon.com slash stargazing. <laughs> Or Patreon if you want. I don't Patreon. know what that is, but yeah. I'm Kathy. I'm Mary. You've been listening to Stargate sing. The end. The
0: end. Yay!
1: Woo! Yeah, go rest your voice. We made it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think I'm gonna go eat some. Cadbury mini eggs maybe Ooh, enjoy did Jeff get the dark yeah. chocolate ones he got both but oh. I like the mi- the milk chocolate ones better
1: yeah I was thinking the dark chocolate ones might stop me from inhaling 10,000
0: of them at once mm, fair but the milk chocolate ones are so good they really are yeah. so delicious oh, no. he tells me they're good medicine so it means I have to eat more absolutely of them. yeah yeah I trust his medical judgment yeah. <laughs> <with all> his <laughs> t- medical training that he has indeed yeah